0: Hi, my name is Alain Krappel. I'm uh, here uh, talking to Chris Smith from Culture Matters.
1: Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here At Culture Matters on International Business, your host, Chris Smith, has a plan, a plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Good morning, good afternoon, good
2: evening. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters podcast. We are on episode 96. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, I strongly urge you to do that right now, because the more subscribers, the better, the more people can actually listen to this podcast. All right. Guest name today is Alain Crapel. Dr. Alain, or Alain Crapel is an associate professor of finance and director of of the International Business Program at the Hale U.S. Bank College of Business. He earned a BA and MS in Economics from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and a PhD in Finance from the University of Connecticut. His teaching interests include international finance, financial management, and derivatives securities. Dr. Krappel's research has been published in journals such as International Review of Financial Analysis, the Journal Journal of International Money and Finance, Research in International Business and Finance, International Review of Finance and last but not least, the Journal of Corporate Finance. His research interests include foreign exchange exposure, corporate international diversification and costs of capital of multinational corporation. Now before before you before before you do anything else, keep listening to this podcast. Because, an actual fact, uh, it's only one third of the episode, of this, uh, this week's episode, will, we will talk about international finance. What is a very interesting start of this conversation is um, Alain's movement from, well, from where he originally was born to where he is right now, which he'll talk about ex- um, uh, elaborately in the podcast. And uh, that is, I think, a very interesting part of this podcast. It's right at the beginning. And towards the end as well, we come towards the very uh, rewarding aspect of um, sending American students who have never even been on a plane to country like or countries like Germany, um, when after that they come back being, well, totally different, but totally expanded, if that makes any sense. It's a really good interview.
1: All right, let's get right to it. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Good morning, Alain. How are you? Or Good, or? excellent. How are you, Chris? Is it is it good morning? I
2: actually don't know. And let me just let me just before you answer that question, uh, let me just uh, ask you the whole the, the whole first question, which is always the same first question. Um, tell us a little bit about, well, yourself. We have had a a little pre-check before I hit record. Um, where do you come from? Where are you now? Because I'm looking at you, uh, through our Skype connection. It looks like in, you're in the yellow room. (laughs) If that makes any sense, it looks, comes across very, very yellowish. Um, so where are you currently? Which part of the world are you? And give us a little bit, um, of your background in terms of your cultural frame of reference. It's a lot of questions. You got 10 minutes to do so.
0: Okay, good. Uh, so, yes, this room is indeed yellow. Uh-huh. Uh, I chose the color, so my wife blames me for this. Uh, it just got painted not too long ago. All right, that's nice. Well, <laughs> so thanks for noticing. She will be very happy okay. uh, he- uh, hearing your opinion on our shared office, as a matter of fact. Okay. Our shared office is in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, Okay. and uh, there is a window uh, on this side. You can't see that. No. Uh, We would be overlooking the Ohio River and look into northern
2: Kentucky. And I work
0: work in northern Kentucky, just across the state border.
2: And the river is part of the state of Ohio, not the state of Kentucky?
0: Uh, The river actually separates Ohio and Kentucky in this side. So there is a state border right in uh, actually towards our side of the river. Oh, okay. Cross the bridge, you, you walk into another state.
2: Okay. I saw David Letterman making a, a, a remark about this. He's got some show on Netflix again, and I guess was, he was was talking to George Clooney, uh, and they were talking about Ohio, because uh, I think Clooney George Clooney is from Ohio, Cincinnati, or something like that, born originally, and he was talking about this bridge and this link to Kentucky, which actually, I think he mentioned something like either Kentucky or Ohio has the other side of the river in terms of the border as well being part of their state. I don't know what the truth is, and it's it's an irrelevant, trivial thing. But I don't know what the situation is.
0: Yeah, uh, we do. We do. Uh, it, it's uh, uh, you know, just uh, two, three years ago, we used to live on the other side of the river, and you can walk around this area. So we walk a lot, and uh-huh. we used to I used to, we used to cross the, the state border, you know, four, or five right. times a day. It's no problem. So there's no, 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 not too many cultural
2: differences, I would say, between here and the other side. So <laughs> I, I, I I can imagine. Uh, just out of curiosity, is this a state that has a time a time zone difference as well or not? There's a, is there a time difference between those two states? No, we're, on a, uh,
0: we're in the eastern time zone. Okay. So we're the same as, as essentially the entire east coast. And uh, Kentucky and Ohio, same time
2: zone. Okay, I, I was just thinking about that because I can remember one time being in the U.S., um, and being in one in one state, and then the shops were closing, and then I just had the luminous idea, like if, if we just cross that bridge, we're in another state, which is another time zone, which gives us an, another hour to do whatever we wanted to do in terms of shopping. So, it's just curious uh, because of that. Okay, so you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, where it is? What what time are you now at? It's seven forty-eight a.m. Okay. All right, that's pretty early. Um, so, oh, a.m.
0: M., hold on, there we go, uh,
2: in the morning. In the morning, yes, okay, we're about, this is, we're approaching 2 p.m. Uh, in the afternoon here, and here is Belgium, Brussels, Belgium. Um, so that's where you are, and tell us a little bit about your cultural frame of reference, because I know, and you told me already, that's quite interesting.
0: Yes, so I, I, uh, I'm a first-generation immigrant, my parents, uh, Escaped uh, Czechoslovakia, which is now the Czech Republic, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Moravia, uh, Brno originally, and Brno. Uh, they escaped. Yeah, they escaped uh, the country and uh, went to Switzerland. Okay. Uh, I grew up in uh, Switzerland in a in a Czech Swiss household, I guess you can mm-hmm. say uh, bilingual. Um, so that was a, a very positive experience, actually. Very uh, very nice. I love. What I languages were that, Alan? So I speak Czech at home. Yeah, I don't read it and I don't write it. I mean, I can read some, but I cannot write. I don't yeah. have no. I have no formal education yeah. in a Czech language. Um, but that's what was spoken at home. Yeah. Uh, although you know, over the years, uh, it uh, I guess changed into being a mix.
3: Yeah. A
0: language mix between uh, German and uh, German and uh, uh, Czech.
3: Yes. And my
0: mother tongue officially is German. Okay. Uh, so, because I am, uh, I grew up uh, in in. I was born in Lucerne, Lucerne, and then uh, lived in Bern most yeah. of my time, my formative years. And then, when I was 21 years old, I came to America. I okay. uh, went to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina.
2: Okay. So, it, how much? How much out of that? Um, I mean, being 21 and then moving from uh, from Switzerland. I guess you moved from Switzerland to the U.S.
0: Yes. Yes. How much? Indeed, how much
2: yeah. of your? You said your formative years. Uh, and, then, and then you look a little over 21, if I look at you. I think you're about 23 uh, yeah, at this I'm moment. Uh, a
0: lot more than 21, actually, uh, okay. exactly. I'm 42, I'm turning 43 here uh, in March. Okay. So, uh, you're right, I used the term formative years, which uh, the moment I said that, I, I, I questioned that, as a matter of fact. Um, I presume, uh, you know, your teenage years... Uh, leave, uh, leave, uh, you know, I guess are are somehow very formative in many ways. A
2: lasting stamp, I would say.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Now, you know, the bulk of my education, Mm -hmm. obviously, and what I learned later on in my profession, that all came really in the United States. So, uh, of course, you know, I finished uh, schooling in Switzerland for 12 years. I went to school. I finished the School of Commerce. Yeah. Wirtschaftsmittelschule, right? Yeah. So I even, my generation, we still had stenography. I don't know if you know what that is. <laughs> yes, Japan. I
2: am I'm, I'm old enough to see it. To, you know, I was born uh, before the so end. I was born talking. when the animals were still talking. So.
0: Okay. So stenography, I haven't used that too much in my life, but uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, since we have technology now. Yeah. Uh, but then of course uh, the bulk of my education was in the United States yeah
2: so so is that be if you're if you're 21 and you're you' you grew up uh, you said your formative years that's a nice way of phrasing it actually uh, we're in Switzerland and then as a, as a young, Kid, I mean, when you're 21, you think you're something. You know, my my 13 year old daughter thinks she's something, and when you're 21, you think you're really something. And you know, the older you get, the more you realize that those eight, eight, earlier age uh, years actually you were not really something. So, you, as as a boy, as a younger boy or a young adult, you um, you came to the to, to the United States. How much do you can can you recall in terms of going through a culture shock or or, or wondering like? wow, what, what is going on here? Or is there anything left from that? Uh, yes, uh, actually quite a lot. Okay, um, tell a story. Stories uh, are always good.
0: Surprisingly a lot. Uh, you know, before I came to the United States, as I said, I, I have a Swiss passport, but I, I traveled a lot. Um, my I traveled a lot with my parents. Uh, uh-huh. We went you know, to Spain, France, Italy, on vacation every year, multiple times. Yeah, I also played competitive uh, sports. I played competitive golf.
3: Okay.
0: And I was uh, I was actually on the national team uh, for for about uh, seven years, eight Swiss, years. Swiss, the Swiss team. Swiss national team. Yeah. I'm talking to a so celebrity. I, uh, so I had you know the privilege, the honor to to play for Switzerland, represent the country. Uh, and, and visit a lot of other countries, uh, you know, including including uh, you know Belgium, the Netherlands. We played oh, yes. a lot of there. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I was really well traveled and, and, and ready to go. And then I came to America, and uh, you know, it was a very steep learning curve. Uh, yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina is uh, Charlotte, North Carolina is awesome. It's an awesome place. But uh, the first the first semester, which is you know about uh, thirteen, no about sixteen weeks, yeah, uh, was was very. At the beginning, very traumatizing, uh, because yeah, I've never, I've been to the United States before, but certainly never lived in a, a college dorm. Uh, the, f- the food was very interesting, too. Pork, uh, you, <laughs> you, you don't not quite know what, what barbecue is. Uh, uh-huh. You know, my English skills were, were pretty good, but I was not ready for that. Right, yeah. So, you want a story, I, I give you a story. It so. Is- uh you know i live in a i live in a college dorm uh so I have three roommates essentially we have bunk beds uh yeah. very very rustic um the full college experience yes and we don't know each other yet, so we're still feeling each other out but then we go we go and I have lunch at this place it's, uh-huh. it's an american place it's called max and Irma's. it's it's a chain okay. i don't know if it's still around or not yeah I look at the menu, and, you know, you never expect to have any problems in a place like that. I've been exactly. to many places. And I look at the burgers, and there is a burger, and there is a, a word that I've never seen before. Okay. Okay. The word is Cajun, and it's spelled C-A-J-U-N, right? Yeah. Now, Cajun in the United States is very common. Everybody knows what it is. Yes. You know, some people may know a little bit more about the culture. Cajun culture is fascinating. Of course I look at it and I read the description of the burger. It sounds very, very tasty, definitely up my alley. So I want to order that Cajun burger. The problem is I have no idea how to pronounce Cajun. <laughs> because I have never seen the word. Yeah. So I, I know, you know, a little bit. I speak French, I speak a little bit of Italian, I like I look at it and I was like, This word is not English, I know that. Yeah. So how do you pronounce that? Yeah. So I have to make an educated guess. Yes. And these are my roommates have not known me at all, they've known me maybe for like a day and a half, so I look at the server uh-huh. very American lady and I order a Cajun burger <laughs> right, and you may ask, you say, you probably think Casey, how did I, you know, figure out Cajun, Cajun is, it was I guess, it was like, well, what's the other language that this could be in, I figured out maybe Spanish,
2: exactly, exactamente es Cajun, en español es Cajun
0: uh, of, course. of course, it wasn't Spanish of course, everybody thought I was very crazy, yeah, uh but it it was a it was a very funny moment but uh, and and you do a lot of these you know little mini blunders when 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 you end up uh, actually living in another culture having to make these small decisions, educated guesses and you have Some to make are them right. on the
2: spot right you make them you make them,
0: you have to take them yeah. on the spot and yeah. and you have to be confident
3: yeah
2: and you have to pronounce that kahoon Burger <laughs> That's that is the only way to pronounce it. it. It it could be like an Australian fried kangaroo burger or something like that as well. Give you uh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Now it was very tasty and and I was uh, it was a really good laugh. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So my roommates uh, ne- my roommates never forgot the story. I never forgot the story either. <laughs> but uh, you know this this is what what. What, is, what, it, what, it, what it was, and I remember that really well. And, and, you know, that first semester was very deep, a lot of deep memories.
3: Yeah, I can
2: imagine. I can imagine. So you, so you, you, you ha- pretty much you revealed your age to us as well, uh, so I can yes. re- refer to that as well. It's it's half of your life you lived outside of the U.S., half of your life you're living yes. in, in the United States right now. Um, so at this moment, being like in, the, in, in half-half, because if you're going to stay there, you're going to live more years in the U.S. than you've lived uh, not in the U.S., would you still feel that you're, uh, well, Germanic or Swiss, if that makes any sense, or are you, are you edging towards more, well, American, what, whatever the two may be? But
0: that, that's actually a, a complicated question, and uh, I, I don't always feel the same way about it. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I kind of uh, fluctuate. So okay. there, I, I clearly am Swiss. Yeah. Uh but I, you know even when even when I speak Swiss German and yeah. I still have very very good friends over there which I visit uh, you know we went to the school of commerce together right. and uh, we, I see them once a year uh, and and we speak uh, Swiss German yeah. but when I speak Swiss German I speak it with an accent. Yes. So
3: Okay.
0: I speak multiple languages and and all of them with an accent. So yep. I I have like five languages but I never fit in 100% so right. even when I well English you can hear I still have an accent so my students you know they look at me like oh is there's something, from? something odd about this guy yeah and so it bleeds through and I have an accent pretty much in every language but to answer your question is uh, so yeah I, 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 I love Switzerland it's awesome yeah. my mother's there my sister still lives there um, so that is it's undeniably it but mm-hmm. I did first when I came to the United States, I I anglicized my name, for instance. So my first name is Alain, which very few people can, you know, if you're not French or or Belgian or live in Belgium, you you have a hard time pronouncing that name. It'll
2: be Alan Uh, or something, I
0: guess, or Alain. I went by Alan, Alan, exactly. So I was introduced myself as Alan. But uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, I actually uh, reversed that. Uh, And... uh, I started essentially reintroducing myself as Alain, okay. which uh, a lot of my colleagues have a lot of fun with right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
2: I get I get I get all sorts of uh, very interesting versions of my first name. Okay. But so, in, in, uh, so in a way, you're it's it's like reclaiming back somewhat of your original identity. Is that is that sort of? That's,
3: that's exactly what it is. Yeah.
2: Uh, that, this is exactly what it is.
0: It's uh, I've over a longer time periods have really. Um, try to, to uh, fit in harder, I guess, yeah. and, and not deny. Deny is too strong of a word. Yeah. I, I still go to Switzerland, but not as frequently. Uh, you know, right now with my wife and I, we go to Switzerland quite often yeah. because we, we can we can afford it now, we can do that.
3: Yeah.
0: There were time periods I didn't go back for, for three, four years. Um, mm-hmm. And so I am reclaiming, I, I, I guess you could say it that way, I'm reclaiming a lot of my, my, my past.
2: Yeah it's, yeah, it's, 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 it, I'm using that reclaiming because, I mean, being a Dutchman living in Belgium, uh, even though, uh, their adjacent countries share the border, share the part that I live in Belgium, we share the language as well. The language is significantly different and there are certain ways that Belgians use certain words and that the Dutch use them differently. And sometimes, you know, I try to, cause I've been living here for 10 years, you try to blend in with the Belgians and it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't, it's not you. It's not in this case. It's not me using a word that is like adopted, but it's not really me. So I just I've, I've decided you know to go back and say okay this is the word that that I use in my country originally. They understand what I say, um, so it it doesn't harm the conversation or the communication at all, and they know that I'm Dutch anyways. Um, so that's not there's nothing lost. Uh, there's only gained to my uh, contribution. Uh, or to my gain is that I, I gain back a little bit of my my well originalness and I can I think that's the Alain thing that you're doing at this um, at this moment <laughs> Yes
3: yeah, yeah. no it, yeah, it's
0: interesting yeah absolutely' it's, it's uh, small things like you know we talk about language now ah. um, even when I'm in Switzerland you know it's a very small country but we speak different accents yes. So I grew up my, my really the city that I identify strongest with uh, is, is Bern. Mm-hmm. And but my mother now uh, and and my sister they live uh, they live out in uh, Canton Solothurn uh, towards Arau, yeah. and they speak a different accent. It's not dramatically different. There's yeah. subtle differences, but it's not my place. It's not my accent. Yeah. in it, 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 whenever I I go back to Bern, typically on a on a day trip, uh, it's an irrational amount of joy yeah. that you get, <laughs> when you hear that accent. It's the it's it is a very strange thing, and I, I've. I've pondered that actually quite a bit. Is 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 these details
2: yes, they really um, matter? I think it's interesting. I think everybody um, that has had the experience that you ha- you have had and are still going are still living uh, is there is an aspect of recognition in in what you're what you mentioned in terms of you know all these little little tiny little things you um, you mentioned, and I think that Alain, is a great contribution already to this uh, to this podcast because in the beginning you were wondering can I actually contribute contribute something and I think at this moment you can and we haven't even touched on uh, the reason why you're on the show that's not because you were swiss and then moved to the US uh it is it's initially you were suggested by um, by a colleague um why don't you talk to uh, Alain because he might be something? Uh, he might be an interesting guest or this on this podcast as well because he studied international finance. So, is this the segue to your your professional life? If that's okay with you, um, what is first of all? And this is something: what is so interesting about finance? I'm a I'm an avid listener to uh, a reader and listener to the Economist, which I religiously go through every week. Um, but the, the the topic of finance, I just and. I would consider that I'm not I'm not the biggest idiot on this planet, you know. And mm-hmm. but I find that so hard to understand the that that section on finance. Alan, tell us what is so interesting about finance.
0: Uh, th- that's that's a. should we stop the discussion very, right here? <laughs> that is a very big uh, question. Um, in the United States. Well, Switzerland, okay, so it started when you are younger in Switzerland. And then, sure. you know, in the, in the environment that I was in, I was living up to the stereotype, surrounded by a lot of bankers. Yeah. Because I played oh, golf. Yeah. I was in a, so I was always banking, and the Swiss banks, uh, you do, it's very difficult not to find that interesting in some way. So that was kind of uh, lodged in the back of my head. Then I came to the United States and I actually studied economics. Okay. Uh, and the reason I studied economics is because I translated the wrong way. So if you look in a in a dictionary, uh, you know you go betriebswirtschaft. Uh, that's what I want right. to study. Mm-hmm. So wirtschaft is economics. I'm going to study economics. Right. So I started studying economics, and I realized it had absolutely nothing to do with why, what I really wanted to study. Uh, it's another, uh, that's another. That's a very interesting. <laughs> interesting <laughs> just because of the dictionary, you end up doing something different. It, it, well, you know, you're a 21-year-old kid, yeah. essentially. Um, but I found it fascinating. The professors at the, at the school were, were, were absolutely fascinating. And yeah. economics, I like the way the thinking, yeah. the way you learn how to think in economics is extremely valuable. Um, but I always had this interest for finance in the back of it. And somehow the idea that I have to work for a bank. Right. It's the weirdest thing in life. You, you think you have to do something. So... Uh, that's why I always kind of did a little bit of the dual track, I was I took finance classes, and and then I, I actually uh, ended up doing uh, an internship. I ended up working for Merrill Lynch for mm-hmm. uh, like uh, stockbrokers. Well, they don't like to be called that way. They're, they're financial advisors. Um, yeah, That's better. Politically correct as well. It's better, you know, and it was, I was always looking for a more analytical role, because it fits my personality. I'm, I'm not. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not a. I don't have a sales personality. Um, but uh, I did. Uh, uh, I did dive more into finance and then into investments. Okay. And okay. what I like about it is actually that the, um, it's. It's kind of I call it the mechanics. Yeah. Uh, it's what's behind it. Uh, the whole idea of risk and return is is very beautiful and. The way you know the theory that what was developed, the way that was discovered over time, and what what, what you know people like Markovitz did, you know names that probably don't mean a lot to people
2: that Outs- are outside outside, of outside exactly yes exactly.
0: But uh, it it really is is absolutely fascinating what's behind it and the thinking and and uh, so it's kind of a general. I guess a general answer uh, to yeah, you. We, I mean, we talk yeah. about what makes finance fascinating for, for for quite a while. You know, how did I end up in international finance? Uh, that's another that's another part. Uh, yeah, that was what, when is, I, what is that?
2: If 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 I if I if you allow me to interrupt you, it's it's what is the difference between finance and international finance? If you study finance in the U.S., is that then only American based? And 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 what is the addition or the difference then if you look at international finance?
0: That's interesting. So finance, first of all, it's very difficult to, to put it to clearly. Uh, I, I guess uh, confine it because mm-hmm. finance is a, a tremendous. It's a huge area, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a huge area that, that has very interesting subparts. Investments. It has. You have insurance, for instance. Insurance is a very interesting subpart of finance. Um, uh, you have you know real estate finance. That's also a very very big field. Mm-hmm you so have all these these you know asset pricing asset pricing specialists, corporate finance so it's very very difficult to to say oh i work in finance so you right. can meet uh, you can put hundred fifty people into one room they're all in finance hundred fifty people do different things right yeah right so you 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 can find your niche, you find your niche i found mine, which was international finance mm-hmm. uh again, i ended up going into international finance. Uh, not by a mistranslation so not by accident but by a function of how I connected with uh, when I was in PhD school and when I was working with my doctor I connected with uh, one faculty member particularly and uh, that was his area of expertise so I wanted to work with him Mm -hmm. because you know to this day he's he's my mentor uh, very strong source of support and and, uh, uh, that's so I ended up doing international finance with him and you start you know he starts essentially teaching he started teaching me international finance and that's how i ended up going into it i've always thought is i i probably would be a good fit for me yeah coming from an international background
2: as silly as it sounds no I Um, I, i guess not i mean it's i think it's a necessity
0: you know what is international finance is 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 how does that differ from Finance generally, so yes, uh, when you go and, and you get the education and finance, uh, in finance in a lot of schools typically and especially at the undergraduate level, but also a lot of the other graduate you know graduate level classes mm-hmm. uh, there, there is there tends to be kind of a, an emphasis on thinking uh, within the context of the United States here okay. And that's the that's the reason the textbooks the textbooks are written that way. Yeah. But there has been a shift. You cannot deny that there has been a shift towards um, you know looking uh, at at finance in in in, uh, in uh, you know outside of uh, the, just within the, the national I guess uh, view, uh, because finance in itself is 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 actually very international, uh, capital markets. Nowadays, are, yes, are, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nowadays, absolutely.
3: Yeah
2: i was um i i listened to other podcasts as well uh, and one of my favorite podcasts um not sure if you heard of it is Freakonomics, it's yeah. uh, and if you haven't it's really worth listening to i think it's a they these guys do a really really great show um and they had one of the episodes was uh, they focused on on german german economics and they were thinking about okay germany seems to be this country that is currently leading Europe, at least, I mean, without Germany, Europe would disintegrate, I think, at least economically, financially. Um, Mm -hmm. And they asked the question in general, can we, the United States, can we adopt German economics, German finance? um, And and if we can, should we? Is that a question I can ask you?
0: Yeah, it's interesting since you say that. but because the moment you said, can we adopt uh, uh, German economics, German finance? Immediately, the the thought in my the back of my head is like, well, w- why should we? <laughs> so,
2: well, because, because, is bill, because it's better because it's better in Germany than it is in the United States. I, I'm that's not a statement that I support per se, but I, I don't know.
0: I think, uh, and, and this is going to sound like a like a very diplomatic answer, but it's truly how I believe or mm. what I believe is is that. That uh, uh, the U.S. system has definitely very strong, I would say, advantages and disadvantages compared to the German system right. as well. Uh, you know, and also these things have developed for a very long time period. And the other thing is, and, and this is of your interest, is uh, you know why are these systems so different from each other? And we're talking about finance. Mm-hmm. You know, culture matters. Here. Not, not <laughs> to be cheesy, but it really does. <laughs> That's so I'm I playing think. right into your court, but but uh, you know the the American way of thinking, the American financial system that that is rooted in the American way of thinking. This goes back you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Sure. And where do you know where did these people come from? Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, Germany has a very different history, yes, very different uh, cultural background, and that is also reflected in in their financial system too. Um, so. Uh, I, I think to to transplant whole systems overall, I, I think it is is impossible. Yeah. Now, it is extremely valuable to 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 look at them, analyze them, and, and ponder what can we learn, right? So, what can we learn of the the German financial right. system, uh, or or you know uh, the German philosophy in in banking, yeah. um, the Swiss, therefore, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know what can we use and and. You know what is what is the the what are the strengths uh, of the American system too? Yeah. Uh, the U.S. system very competitive.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's I, I would I, I, my simple um, non-intelligent judgment would be: of course, you cannot uh, take the blueprint German finance and economic system and just and put that on the U.S. That's going to fail because I guess the biggest difference if I would just you know do it off the cuff I think Americans in general are more risk prone are more willing to take risks financially as well uh, whereby the Germans are much more reserved uh, and and um, would focus much more on a base that hence that I mean the effect of that would be that Germans don't change and innovate that fast and hence the Americans are able to uh, to reinvent themselves time and again I mean that's
0: that's interesting i I, I not so there are definitely uh, differences in the in risk-taking mm-hmm. and the way that uh, risk-return decisions are made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in both countries. Again, driven by cultural differences. It's also the differences in terms of how companies finance innovation too. Yeah. Uh, I just had this conversation actually with a, I have a German co-author.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, I talk to him via Skype every two days. We're writing, we're writing a, a paper together currently. Yeah. But uh, the way that things are financed in Germany is very bank-centric, it's very bank-heavy, uh-huh. uh, whereas uh, you know, in the United States, uh, as a corporation, if you, if you raise capital, uh, of course, certainly banks play a very, very important role, yeah. but the uh, capital market uh, very often is, is kind of the starting point for corporations to, to raise capital. And that is uh, fundamentally very different, yeah. uh, you know, dealing with bankers versus dealing with uh, bond, bond investors or, 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 or you know, venture capitalists or something like that. Um, so that makes that, I think, plays a very different role. It, I'm not an expert in this area at all. I, I'm not sure if, if uh, innovation in Germany is, is uh, slower than it is in the United States. Um, probably to some, some, some extent, uh, it would be interesting for you, I guess, to talk to people that specialize in entrepreneurship um yeah that's not my area of expertise
2: no yeah, it's true it's a, there 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 are pockets in there in in europe uh, and europe is is generally more risk averse um and less less innovative than than the united states even though the united states might be slowing down on that it's still number one in terms of innovation uh, in 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 all all levels i guess but there are typical pockets um uh, and pockets with pockets I mean cities like Berlin if you, if you talk about Germany Berlin yeah, yeah. Is, is, is typically an area where you know which um, which likes to attract and and likes attract likes etc so the entrepreneur attracts the other entrepreneur so you get these pockets of entrepreneurial uh, uh behavior in, for instance, a city like, like Berlin. Um, you get that in Barcelona as well, uh, if you talk about Spain, for instance. And, and they've got these hot spots, really. But if you look at the culture in general, uh, and, and the general is like, like the general trend in society, um, I would reckon on a cultural difference, there are there are quite some significant difference between the Germans in general and the the Americans on, on, on the other side, which then, as you said, uh, goes back to the rooted cultural background and history in terms of... of which create the current financial system as it is right now, and what people deem to be good, uh, or what pe- people deem te- deem to be well either risky or not good, and that's that comes from the cultural background. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at the time, Alain, If uh, and there are two su- subjects, it's going to be a longer interview than normal uh, because um, You're also. You mentioned in the beginning that you also are. And, and excuse me if I got the term wrong. Coordinate the international business program. Yeah, that's correct. At that's, our at our college of business, I do that, and that's what you do as well. And you also send students to other countries. Uh, uh, is, is that a combination? Those two: the, the international business program, and then uh, sending students to to other countries to do part of their study in another country. And tell us a little bit more about that, if you can, please.
0: Absolutely, and and this is um, this is something that I've been doing for a relatively short time period. I find it absolutely fascinating. Uh-huh because it does I'm, I'm learning a lot about our our students in this way I am also a professor so I I, I do you know I, I am in touch with my students quite quite a bit but uh-huh. this is a, a very specific aspect of our students and uh, uh, the school that I am at Northern Kentucky University um, most of our students have not traveled abroad uh, it's not something that they've done uh, it, it, because of their backgrounds, where they come from, and, yeah. and it's just this area in the United States that we're in, is is that um, we're not in New York City, we're not in Miami, we're not in San Francisco, yeah. so uh, our our demographic uh, is not necessarily, uh, this is not something that, that has been ingrained in, in, in our yeah. students in earlier parts, and uh, very different to... How I grew up very different how a lot of my colleagues grew up because a lot of my colleagues are not from this area certainly and, uh-huh. and certainly also not America yeah. so some of my best friends you know they're from Seoul Korea uh,
3: okay.
0: uh, teaching finance here living here uh, but uh, we are trying to, to develop this in, in our students now uh, uh, on, a, on a broad scale to encourage them and say go go study abroad uh, it's a fascinating experience we're doing the same thing to actually also our faculty members as well. Mm-hmm. So, last summer was, was an important uh, stepping stone. Uh, we, have, uh, we, we were part of a summer school program in, in Bremen, Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, I taught, uh, I, I was lucky enough to teach the class there. I taught international uh, sorry in, uh, principles of finance. And uh, we had a group of nine students. Uh, I believe seven of them have never been on an airplane before. Wow. Uh, we went to Bremen Germany for uh, four weeks yeah. and it was fantastic yeah, it was great. an extremely positive experience uh, you know so right now we're actually going through the process where we are we are trying to encourage our students we're uh, recruiting is, is the wrong word but we're, we're essentially enrolling yeah. for some school this upcoming year so we have two classes going a management class and, and a finance
2: class and where are these guys going uh, Bremen Germany again, again
0: so okay. we have a we have a, a very good very strong partnership right. with the, yeah. with the school in, in bremen and of course and in bremen and
2: the, the north of germany you can you can venture out if you're there for 4 weeks you can make your trip to to paris to amsterdam to london which is because it, I mean, it's, it's easy to travel within within the continent of europe and it's set up that
0: way too, yeah. uh, they're in a the classroom Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they're on their own. Yeah. So students uh, last year, they, they took the train to Switzerland, they went to Berlin, they went right. to Munich.
2: And they do, uh, it's not that they, they start lazing around in their whatever dorm or, or, or apartment that they're staying, they actually no, do
0: go it, out. It, it is absolutely, yeah. absolutely fascinating. And, I saw people from never having been on an airplane before, to uh, taking the bus all around the bus yeah. all around Europe. I've mm-hmm. not taken the bus all around <laughs> Europe, so it's like how do you go from never been on an airplane yeah. before to like you do stuff that people that grow up in Europe yeah. don't do? Yeah. So uh,
2: it's it's very and uh, rich, very inspiring, I have to say. Yeah. I think it's very, it's very enriching and or, or very, um, uh, valuable. I mean, you get a lot of reward or rewarding, maybe is the better word. If you, if you organize something like that and use you being coordinating this, um, seeing that in terms of getting that feedback, like, wow, that's just, these people have grown and, and they will never stretch back to their original form, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and and uh, you know, seven out of the nine can't wait to travel again. You know, yep. two of them uh, they may have uh, overstretched them a little bit. That was a little bit too outside yeah. of their comfort zone. Well, but okay. uh, most of them, uh, they they stepped outside of their comfort zone, what they know, and uh, they they can't wait. It's like a we see it also too. Is is it's it's part of a, it's the first step towards yep. uh, towards. Uh, a life in which they will travel more. So it's not just like oh, travel abroad, I study abroad. I did it, check. No. I'll never do it again. It's it's uh, it really changes the the way that, that people think. Yeah. So we, if it is extremely valuable to I our
2: students, makes makes good sense. Interesting uh, uh, and and cool subject, rewarding subjects like this, as well. Well, Alain, we've travelled from uh, from from the Czech Republic to Germany to the U.S. back to Germany again. Uh, <laughs> talking about finance, talking about your name, and talking about uh, claiming back a bit of your of your own identity. Um, it's um, it's it's been a real pleasure. I got two more questions to ask you, please. Um, one of the questions is if you if you can come up with three tips to make people more culturally competent out of your own experience or what you've gained from other people how how can we become more culturally competent
0: uh well actually number one i would say travel but i have to expound on that a little bit because uh i think you have to travel in, in 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 a specific way uh so i think when you travel to different countries i think you 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 should and people have different comfort zones but i think you you should make an attempt to exit that comfort zone uh, as part of that, and that would be my second point, actually, is when you go to, to a foreign country uh, that uh, food, food is very important and drink mm-hmm. that you that you eat and drink like the, the locals do. Yes. Uh, uh, first of all, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about food. I love eating mm-hmm. and uh, that's one of my highlights. But there's more to that is, is I think is you can learn a lot about a culture. Uh, if you look at their, their eating and and drinking uh, habits and, yes. and what they do, their, their customs as well. Yeah. So uh, you know w- when you go to Germany, and I, I keep telling this uh, the students that we you know are about to send over,
3: yeah.
0: you know don't eat hamburgers. You know eat, go try. It's yeah. an opportunity. Try Middle Eastern food,
2: right? They're great, Germany, the sauerkrauts uh, and, and stuff like that. You know, of,
0: of course, uh, of
2: right. Stuff. There are lots of other things, yeah. and,
0: and great seafood, uh, too, in, in Bremen, of course. Uh, so these two points, I would say, is, is travel and, and then step outside of that comfort zone when you do travel. Um, okay. And uh, then, you know, eat, try to not adapt, but try to immerse yourself into, into the local culture. Maybe the third point, too, is associated with it, is, is talk to the local people. Don't be afraid. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to to even if you speak only a couple of words of in their language, try it. It doesn't matter. And yes, you will fail. Yes, you will make mistakes. That's normal. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you, you know this yourself too. This yes. Is when you are in a foreign country and, and you 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 give the foreign language uh, a, a a a try, you will make mistakes. So don't be don't be afraid of making mistakes.
2: You might order a cajun burger. You never know
0: exactly kahun burgers uh, absolutely yeah, that can happen that now uh, in, in the end it ends up being uh, fun and, and people will laugh with you they yes. will not laugh at, at no. you and of that's uh, yeah it's that's
2: a a, those those are good points as well last question Alain if I may is uh, if people want to get, it, get to know more about you if they want to get t- in touch with you what is the best way for them to do that
0: uh, you can find me I have a very unusual last name right K-R-A-P-L Krapo. Yeah, uh, and I'm at Northern Kentucky University, so the by far the best way to reach me is to email me.
2: Okay. and I've got that it's, email address. I'll, I'll put to make sure that is in the show notes as well. Um, it's it's been a real pleasure talking to you, um, and I'm really happy that we didn't only talk about international finance and covered actually a broad scheme of um, of things from your personally. I'm very um, grateful that you are willing uh, to share those those personal uh, experiences as well because that is that is enriching uh, for me in terms of, of hearing that um, and I'm pretty sure that the audience will, will agree with me and then the official part the business part and then of course of course, the rewarding part in terms of you know seeing if you can actually transport that to other kids as well uh, and making them letting them grow uh, and, and making sure they will never shrink back into their original form and shape yeah. they will always be bigger than they were before yeah. alright well thank you so much um, I'm pretty sure we'll talk to each other in the future and um well yeah thanks again that's all i can say
0: yeah chris it was awesome very interesting thank you very much i very much enjoyed it okay you thank take you. care
2: bye you too bye-bye thanks alan for coming on the show again as i said to you uh, as again and, and as well i really enjoyed this um, this very personal take that you uh, that you gave to this podcast episode number 96 came to an end um, if you want, you can see the videocast at culturematters.com slash YouTube. You can see what we look like and also what the yellow room looked like and what we talked about in the beginning of this podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. I'd appreciate that. I'd appreciate it even more if you leave a review in iTunes. Okay. Um, this episode was produced by Janice Sheila. Music was by Ben Sound. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters podcast, and I'll be back in two weeks' time.
1: Thank you. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.